Hey everyone, it's Tom. Welcome back to the next episode of the Culture Eats Everything podcast. Tell me who your friends are and I will tell you about your future. Awesome quote from today's guest, Dr. Townsell, who is the school superintendent of Benton Harbor Schools in Michigan. At the ripe young age, I believe of 36, by the way, pretty awesome. And he's known he wanted to be a superintendent his whole life, which I think is really commendable. And he talks about that journey and what it takes to reach a goal like that, that you have to keep raising the bar. And he uses some wonderful sports analogies to make his point about goal setting and how we really do need to keep growing and keep learning if we want to be effective in anything that we do in life. So thanks for joining us today. All right, Dr. Townsell, thanks so much for joining me today on the podcast. Thanks for your time. Absolutely. Thanks for the opportunity to share. Yes, definitely. I know you're committed to helping uh, fellow leaders out there and, and future leaders out there. So I appreciate that. And, you know, we were talking a little bit about culture. So I'd love to just start there and, and get your thoughts on how do you think about culture, especially as a school superintendent? You know, it's interesting that you say that uh, uh, one philosophy uh, that I've always lived by as an educational leader is as climate and culture goes, so goes curriculum and instruction. Um, I used to always tell my staff, listen, you can be Albert Einstein. If young people are, you know, not following the expectations of the classroom, um, then, you know, it's going to be hard to teach them anything. So developing not only high expectations and enforcing them and communicating it often, uh, that's when young people organically rise to the occasion. And you see an increase of academic achievement, a reduction in disciplinary issues over time, and just an overall great learning environment. Yeah, it's, it's so much in what you just said that we could, we could probably spend two hours on just in that first few sentences. Um, you, you said expectations, you know, how do you think about expectations? What does that mean for you? Listen, expectations for me is really identifying goals. Um, and then you put a game plan in place to get the goal. Uh, one thing that's kind of went viral here in my community is something I created called set the bar, meet the bar, exceed the bar, then raise the bar, repeat set the bar, meet the bar, exceed the bar, raise the bar. That um, philosophy fits in any aspect of your life. Even if you're looking to lose weight, you set the goal, 265. Okay, you meet that goal. Then you increase that goal. You know, you just always, it's a, it's a nonstop or a constant flux of better, getting better at every opportunity that you have. Um, so, you know, that, that's the first step. Set the bar, meet the bar, exceed the bar, then raise the bar. And then you go through that challenge once again and, I'm sure if you look back over time, you see that you're a lot further off or a lot closer to your goal um, than you could possibly imagine. And how has that been true for your, your own leadership journey? I would imagine that if you're like me anyway, um, I was a little surprised to find myself as a school superintendent at a pretty young age. Um, but, you know, I was working hard. I was, I was doing everything I could. I was going back to school. I was learning from mentors and studying what other leaders did. Um, how is that whole idea of setting the bar, meeting the bar, raising the bar applied in your own leadership journey? Right. Well, it's a little different for me. I wanted to be a superintendent. So I went into my first teaching opportunity 
with the end in mind and the end that the career ladder to me was superintendency. Uh, so I set that as the bar or excuse me, I set the bar at every level. So not only was I a teacher in the classroom, I also became an athletic director. Uh, not only was an athletic director, I was a coach. I was a dean of student. I left to become from being a dean of students to being um, a central office worker supporting deans of students. Left from being a central office worker to an assistant principal of a high school. Set the bar to become a principal. Set the bar to become an assistant superintendent. Set the bar to become a superintendent. Uh, so literally every aspect of my life uh, going towards that executive leadership or school district superintendency um, was me setting that as a goal from the get-go and doing everything I could in between time that would get me closer to that goal. So not only did I get the experience, but I also obtained a bachelor's degree in secondary education, obtained a master's degree of education administration and policy, obtained a doctoral degree in educational leadership and policy studies, obtained a certification uh, from Harvard University in school turnaround leadership, obtaining all three of my degrees, bachelor's, master's, and doctorate from the Howard University School of Education, um, becoming nationally certified during, during the, or through the American Association of School Administrators, the AASA Urban Superintendents Academy. Everything you have to ask yourself is what you're doing right now getting you closer to your goal? You know, for me, yes, that was my goal to be a superintendent. So got the degrees, got the certifications, got all of the credentials, uh, that's on that job description I say you should have uh, to be qualified to compete for the opportunity. Um, and I became a district superintendent at 35 years old. Um, my mind, the bar I had in my head was, you know, this, uh, as soon as possible. And that was as soon as possible for me. Um, I obtained my doctoral degree in 2015. So about six years ago is when I got my doctorate degree. And in six years removed, I'm at my goal of superintendency. Um, so it's been an amazing journey, man, uh, a, a very intentional journey. So what I would tell any young leader coming up in the industry of education or whatever industry it is that you're in, the goal is to see what position you want to hold in that field, look at all the requirements for that field and go at it expeditiously, go at it fearlessly. Now, let's be clear. Leadership is not for the faint of heart. The leadership is difficult. It's hard work. And it's heart work. So you prepare your mind, prepare your body, prepare your soul, and you be courageous and you walk into the opportunity and do the best that you can possibly do. Um, and then, you know, that's leadership to me. <laughs> How did you know at such a young age you wanted to be a superintendent? Oh, great question. So, you know, I'm born and raised in Detroit, Michigan. And then going through the, uh, being a graduate of Detroit public schools, when I earned the opportunity um, which was an athletic scholarship to Howard University in Washington, D.C. You know, uh, once I decided to go in the field of education, my goal was to become like the educators that I had to ensure that no matter what my circumstances were, what my environment was, I was in the best opportunity to be successful in life. So it's my mission to give back to communities that I grew up in and be that educator for that educator that was for me. So I'm trying to emulate the educators that I had uh, to ensure that I was successful in, in not only my uh, academic life, but also my athletic life and now my professional life. So that, that's my mission. My mission is to serve and to give back and to create opportunity and change people's trajectories for the better in education, for through education. 
And, and, and why though, where, where did that come from? My guess is that it came from a deeper level. Well, I mean, just let's be clear. When you think of um, young black men growing up in urban environments, do you think that, oh, they're gonna be, are they gonna get a doctorate degree in education? Or oh, this person might be the next neurosurgeon. That's not the stereotype. <laughs> the stereotype is not that you go off uh, to get terminal degrees. So the goal is to uh, debunk the stereotype. You know, I love letting folks know that I'm born and raised in Detroit, Michigan, grew up on the West Side, product of Detroit public schools, and I'm at the top of my game, winning, being a leader. Um, so it's to inspire. Now, this is not an appropriate podcast question, but I'm just fascinated. Where'd you go to high school? Cass Technical High School. Oh, yeah. Okay. Excellent. I went to U of D, so I had to ask. Cool. Um, so uh, as you think about that journey, you know, it says hard, you know, leadership is not for the faint of heart and you only know that by doing it. Um, Cause most people, at least for me, I looked at leadership. I was like, that looks easy. Um, you know, they, they don't have to do very much, but once you're in it, it's like, whoa, this is, this is challenging. So when you face those, those challenges along the way, what, would, uh, what advice would you give to folks when they run up against a significant roadblock? You know what? It, it's to, uh, the advice I would give to any young people coming up against a roadblock that can potentially um, stop you from getting to your destination is to persevere and to um, search for the tool to overcome that obstacle. Uh, what I mean by that is, I mean, going through my academic career and ultimately becoming a superintendent, oh man, I faced many ob obstacles and uh, setbacks, uh, but what I did was I found ways to uh, get a step up. You know, I go around those obstacles by finding critical friends or different networks. So once I became, you know, a, um, a member of the first cohort of the Urban Superintendents Academy, I was an assistant principal, but I was sitting at, at think tanks and in, in, in classrooms with sitting superintendents, sitting assistant superintendents, former superintendents, national superintendent of the year candidates, um, and just learning and soaking up all of that game, all of that information. And that just gave me the confidence I need to say, hey, look, they've been through a lot of things. So what I'm facing is small compared to what they face. And it gave me a different level of courage to face what I was facing. I'm in a different way. And this is becoming strategic um, and ensuring that it won't stop me from my ultimate destination. And that ultimate destination is having the greatest impact on students or the field of education. Um, and I've, you know, stayed in those communities and networks. If you show me your friends, I'll show you your future. So I became friends with executives. I became friends with superintendents. Um, and it, you know, organically and subconsciously put that um, leadership attribute within me. Um, and when I became a contender for opportunities to lead districts, I stood out, you know, and shined and became the number one pick. Um, and here I am leading, uh, you know, over a year under my belt, just got a year added to my contract and I'm still facing challenges, but I'm winning. You know, you have, you, you watch championship games, whether football, basketball, baseball, whatever your sport, no one just give the winning team a trophy. You know, you got to fight for it. You have to, you know, slam dunk. You have to shoot threes. You have to run touchdowns. You have to intercept passes. You have to hit home runs. You have to, you know, strike them out. All of those things under adversity. And then you win. 
and it's hard and it's difficult. You got a lot of sweat, probably broken bones, a lot of bruises, a lot of blood. Get back into the weight room, do it again. <laughs> mm-hmm. Which, uh, which I think most folks miss, frankly, in this sort of sh- short attention span world. You know, all we see is the championship game, right? And all kids want is that championship result, as opposed to the hundreds and hundreds of hours and days and weeks and months that they've committed to training and the the grueling hard work that got them to the championship game. Um, and I think I hear you saying over and over again that you got to keep working, you got to keep grinding away, you got to keep going for that next goal if you want to be successful. Um, and I love what you said about, you know, who show me your friends and I'll show you your future. Yeah. Um, talk about that a little bit, especially, you know, maybe in this case for, uh, for kids, you know, for students out there. Yeah, I mean, you know, I had an opportunity to talk with a young person and they said, hey, I want to go to the NFL. I'm like, okay, number one, are you hanging out with college athletes? Are you hanging out with, um, you know, high level high school athletes? Um, Because if so, then you would see what they're doing every day to get there. Or if you're hanging around, you know, people with the professional potential or know anyone um, that's been in the pro world, um, Ask them what they've done to get there. You have to, I mean, the, 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 the funny thing about success is that it doesn't have a date. Success it never expires. You know, the recipe to success never goes out of style. I mean, what we're eating, um, you know, if you think of your favorite restaurant that you, that's been your favorite forever, the recipe hasn't changed. You're still buying it. It's still a Fortune 500 company. You know, it's the same thing when it comes to achieving goals. Um, you know, if, if you want to, go to the NBA, you should probably be at camps where future NBA players go to. If you want to become a superintendent, you should probably be in those cohorts that superintendents are learning in. If you want to be a principal, you should probably be a part of your state principal association. So you can always understand and speak that language. um, So you don't look foreign and you don't feel like an imposter when you get into those circles and people ask your thoughts and your opinions. Um, I've never met a professional athlete that did not play basketball prior to becoming a professional athlete or playing that sport prior to becoming professional. So if you want to be at the elite level, give me a second. If you want to be at any elite level in your career or in your personal life, uh, you have to look at what the elites do within that field and replicate it, make it work for you, put your own sauce to it and see what the outcome is for you. I mean, I spent a lot of time mentoring and and serving with a lot of up and coming educators uh, because they see me and say, wow, how old are you? You're 36, you're a superintendent. What, how'd you do that? How'd you? And I tell them, most people don't do it, (laughs) but you give it all away. And those that it's for will do it. And I don't care if you impact one person. Yeah, yeah. Well, I I love that. That, that we're getting more real here because you threw out imposter, which is a, which is a big one. We just wrote an article on this actually about everywhere from Albert Einstein to Serena Williams, you know, has is, is faced this challenge of feeling like an imposter at, at one level. And I think uh, the vast majority of the leaders that we've worked with across the country have, have, have admitted that as well. Um, and the other 10% are probably lying to us. Um, so for you personally, I'm just curious, um, how do you battle with any in, in sort of internal monologue that you might have about being an imposter uh, as a leader? You know, I think it's, um, 
you like I'll never forget when I started my first game in college as a football player. Um, I never forget going on the field as the starter and saying, wow, should I be starting? <laughs> Uh, but then I think about all the days of practice. I think about all of the time in the weight room. I think about our spring season. I think about, you know, the, the late night film sessions. And I say, but I'm prepared. So let me go out there and do what a starting athlete does, and that's compete. <laughs> so you, know, you never know until you, until you hit that goal. The you know, first time I became a high school principal, I was like, oh, man, I'm responsible for all this, you know, inside of my head. I'm like, wow, I'm responsible for this, 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 this. Um, and then I think about my experiences working at all of those levels and say, well, at least I know what a teacher is to do. I know what um, an athletic director should do. I know what, a, uh, what the expectations are of a business office, a special education department. And then you do what's best for kids. And also you do it in an ethical way. Uh, you do it in an equitable way. And you let the chips fall where they may. And you if you prepare yourself the best you can possibly prepare yourself and then get the opportunity and work to your level of preparation, you might be successful. You know, you got to you have to uh, play up to the competition. Don't ever play down to the competition. So any opportunity that I walk into, I look at as my uh, next challenge and, and I play to the challenge. You know, I, I, I try to, again, set the bar, meet the bar, exceed the bar, then raise the bar. I'm always looking to raise a bar. So I don't care where, what, what challenge I'm, I'm faced with, I'm looking to set a goal on it, beat that goal and raise the, and, 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 you know, go way beyond that goal and then set a new goal because, you know, it's always about getting that personal best record. <laughs> well, there's so much to love in what you said, Dr. Townsville. I think, um, you know, especially for preparation that the ultimate antidote for that imposter syndrome is just knowing I've prepared. I've, I've worked really hard to get here. I've done everything that I can to, to be prepared for this moment. And yes, I'm nervous, but that's not going to stop me from going forward. You know, a lot of, a lot of times I think folks confuse that they think they need to go to work on being more confident.